Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. How's it going? Man, I'm just, I'm busy. I'm exhausted. You know what uh, I think would probably help? More employees? Yeah, a little more help, man. Maybe like a, an assistant, a director of operations, uh, someone willing to maybe do all the shit that I don't want to do. I just hired 10 employees. You did? Yeah. Yeah, we're going to save that that one for maybe even the next episode. <laughs> I, think, but, I think that's part of why I'm exhausted. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true, you know. As you've kind of seen me, I, I've been kind of running around like a chicken with my head cut off for a few months. I've actually been without, uh, you know, admin and just general management help. We did get a new general manager for Gigabook, but um, hired a new director of operations as well. I thought it seemed like a really good time to talk about the importance of getting some help for you at your startup. I couldn't live without our chief uh, operating officer. No, I hear you on that one. And our administrative assistant, both of them. Yeah, and, and, and part of what made me want to record this episode was actually some commentary that um, we had gone through. I, I posted my needs for some help in a you know a, a local Facebook community here in Kansas City related to startups. And much like you saw, I had a lot of people kind of uh, taking shots at me. Like they, they seemed as if... They thought you needed a mentor. I do need a mentor. <laughs> but you have too much shit to do. Why do you need a mentor? Oh, he, needs yeah, to help you. he needs me to help you do all this shit. Yeah, you I don't thought, need a mentor. But I thought that part of what was really interesting was there were several people, and I'm not going to pick on anyone by name because I think everyone's needs have a context to them. And, you know, maybe you do need help. Maybe you're better off at the stage that you're at, you know, doing things all yourself. But for me personally, um, I think that the need for help and an assistant of, of different shapes and forms is related to the opportunity cost that starts rising up as you get busy and as your business grows. You know, I like to say all you can do is all you can do. So if you don't start getting help, you start accumulating this ball of rubber bands of things that will eventually need to be sifted, sorted out, and other things like my last week getting pulled over twice in both of my cars, once each, because my tags had expired. Why had my tags expired? Because they were apparently being sent to my old office address, which didn't forward to me. And these are the kind of things that I am also really, really bad at. Now, as the status of my motor vehicle registration related to the success of my startup, uh, it can be if I can't make it to an appointment, I was late for my 10 o'clock because I was on the side of the road trying to tell the cops why I didn't have a sticker on my license plate. So how, you know, you're talking about you get all this stuff to do and you need help. Uh, would it help if I took over as the host of the podcast? Yes, you can certainly, <laughs> That which, by the way, comes with a lot of other things that you don't get an assistant for, like producing it, actually. Wait, are you going to come find me and say, Matt, we need to do a podcast? Yeah, 
Okay, if if you no, if, never mind, never mind, never mind. I don't want to be the host. So listener, just, so listeners, listeners, wait, wait, wait. No, no, no. <laughs> if you don't, I, and I know that we're not always regular with our publishing schedule, but if we go like a month and you don't hear any new podcasts or nothing pops up in in the subscription part of whatever you used to listen to us, know that's because Matt Watson took over. <laughs> well, you know, we talked about. I mentioned a couple reasons to find some help. You know, what are the reasons that you want to hire someone, Matt? Like, what are you looking for? What do you want your help, the people that help you to do? I think one day you summed it up best when you said that um, we should be focused on whatever makes us the most amount of money. Yeah. Right. And so if I can hire, if I can hire somebody to mow my lawn for 20 bucks and I can bill my time for $200 an hour, that time arbitrage is pretty valuable, right? Yep. Yep. And so, you know, sometimes I, I, I find you and you look like you're ready to poke your eyeballs out because you spent two hours doing uh, payroll or something, right? Yep. And there's so many other things you could be doing um, instead of payroll. And so if we can hire somebody to help do some of those things, get your some of that time back, it's really valuable. I think that's a good start. I think the next part of it, too, is also certain levels of sanity, you know, and and starting a business, watching it grow. And, you know, like our businesses are growing really fast right now. And, and, you know, that that's enough to, to mentally wrangle on its own. And, you know, some of the things, just a little relief from being able to do things can really kind of lead to a better sense of balance with your personal, professional and physical life. Um, and, and like you said, I, the, the big thing for me is also that opportunity cost. Like, I've gone through that, you know, my wife and I've had a variety of assistants over the years too. And she helped me start my first business and, you know, talking about mowing the lawn or having someone to do your laundry or even some of those things on a personal level can open up time that you might be able to do more professionally or the things that you can get help with professionally may also open up more time for your personal life or maybe even just time to, to relax and get your mind off of things. Um, for me, I also, you know, I'm not the most organized person in the world and you're shaking your head. Cause I don't think you are either. My desk is a mess. Yeah. It's not as, yeah, it's well, my version of being organized is just knowing that it's in a drawer or in a folder on my laptop. It doesn't mean that there's a whole lot of uh, stuff going on past that, but having someone that is a lot more in tune with fixing that part of the business. And, and you know, we've done well over the years, with the different businesses in that regard, but it's definitely not because of my actual effort. Right. So what do you look for with someone that gives you a little help? It's good to have somebody that's a little bit of jack of all trades can do a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it depends on, is it more like an executive assistant or somebody who's going to do billing or accounting work, or is it more operations? Like, are they going to help run like a support team or, help run the business in general. I think it depends on what, you know, what the job role is. I think that the important things to look for are related to personality styles that might fit what you're doing. Um, You know, people that are really organized, they know they're really organized. They're aware of it. And they actually feel a little unsettled not being organized. For me, that's where it starts from an admin perspective. I want someone that's meticulous with details someone that create, you know, understands and is willing to 
you know, that, that stuff's kind of tedious at times. Now, if it's set up and it's done properly, everything as it comes in can kind of slot in place and do whatever. But if you leave it for me, it's just going to end up in a giant pile on my desk. You know where it is. I do. And, you know, now at the same time, I can actually make an argument that if I spent 10 hours uh, filing all these papers away that are in this giant pile, that most likely I'm never going to need to get any of these papers again. If I spend 10 hours organizing that, I feel like I created even more opportunity costs. I have the same theory about software development and tracking all the things that to do like feature requests and all that. I always call it the list of shit I'll never do. Yeah. It's like you can spend all the time in the world trying to manage that list, but you always know what the three like most important things are. You know what they are. You're not going to forget them. All the other shit, it doesn't matter. There's uh, an important time management principle that's related to this. And um, okay, so the number one way to increase your efficiency is to just stop doing tasks that don't need to be done. And then also stop taking things that don't need to be done really well and doing them in an A-plus fashion. So that that's another thing that can kind of come. If sometimes people, I think, can be too organized. They can be a little too meticulous. Um, I remember we had someone uh, that worked for us once that spent probably four days trying to just get information and data together for business cards. I'm thinking, is that really that difficult? You know, like, how do we get on day four and we're still working on this like a one hour project at best but it had to do people have business cards yeah yeah i've got a whole bunch of them in my drawer of unorganized stuff and uh i'm probably not going to call any of them back because i'd probably have to say i'm sorry it took me so sorry it took me three years to call you back funny funny story i was somewhere yesterday and i went back to my car and uh went to get my car and a financial advisor left their business card on my car (laughs) Depending on which car that was, that's a, I can respect that yeah. approach. Like that's smart. Um, well, probably on either car. I think you're yeah. right. The better question is, is did you get home without getting pulled over for having expired tags? I drove nice and slow the whole way and don't have a problem with my tags. Oh man. Well, first off, I got a problem with the nice and I slow. I was cruising. Yeah, I don't like that. So, all right. So, one of the common objections people are going to have when they, especially startups or early stage businesses, is, is the assistant an expense? I think it depends on how you look at it. The way that we defined earlier is, all right, so 350 bucks an hour is what I charge for consulting services. How many hours of my time do I need to bill out to completely pay for this person? And I think another thing, too, is... Um, you know, some of the, as, as our business has been growing, our ability to even turn around certain like proposals and requests and stuff like that has been limited because once again, you're just behind, you're behind. Are you missing opportunities? So if your assistant is saving you from loss, making your life easier or creating more opportunities for sales and revenue growth, it's probably not the same kind of expense as just something that doesn't you know, do the three things that I just mentioned. You got any thoughts on that? Some of it's, for a really small company, it's probably is a little bit of an investment. Uh, you know, you you can free up your time that's super valuable. Um, some of the stuff, you know, is a bigger company now for us. Like some of the shit's just an expense of like bureaucracy and government 
forms and contracts and just shit you got to do. It's more, it's not an investment, yeah, but, but it's that, stuff you got to do. That can be a big time suck, But it's a though. time investment, right? Yeah, because somebody's got to do it. I had that recently. I had to call the state of Kansas because it was just some stupid form that probably didn't even matter anyway, but you had to fill it out every year. On hold for an hour. For an hour. Yeah. Yeah, the best example of this for us over the last few weeks has been the GDPR stuff for the EU. I had two of my most important employees jacking around with that. Now, unfortunately, I wish I could have hired a uh, an expert to just deal with that, and we didn't have to deal with it and waste all our time. But if you were a GDPR expert, you were really busy. Yeah, you're really this busy. last quarter, and probably didn't have a lot of bandwidth. And if you're a GDPR expert that wasn't really busy recently, you probably aren't a very good. GDPR. And if you don't know what GDPR is, and you have website visitors from Europe, you could face a what is it, thirty million pound or euro, thirty million euro fine, or like some stupid shit. So based on the equation we listed earlier, that would be that would very much justify the cost of of some help to to get that straightened out. Um, all right, I think one you know before we move into some other related subjects on this, I think probably one of the biggest things, and we alluded to this earlier, is, you know, having some excellent and quality help around you is also going to reduce burnout. Well, I've got a good story about that. So, I mean, so we're talking about hiring an assistant. I think this is true uh, for all levels of our company, right? So, for example, one of our development managers needed a assistant, needed like a junior developer and one of the problems we had is uh, this person spent all their time doing these kind of crappy tasks and stuff, dealing with support issues, customer complaints. And it's like a really brilliant engineer where he needed an assistant. He needed somebody to take the brunt of that kind of shit work. Um, he ended up getting burned out. He yeah. got sick of doing it and he left, right? So, you know, that's not the same type of assistant as necessarily we've been talking about, but in all you know, facets of your company, you know, you want your top talent doing the most valuable things, even if that's a CEO, or if it could be a software developer or a salesperson or whoever it is. Well, you've heard me make the analogy of uh, don't, don't uh, hammer thumbtacks in with a sledgehammer. And what you just described is, it is like we said, is this really an expense? You were probably also paying someone top dollar to do things that someone at a third of the rate could absolutely. And so that, you know, sometimes that uh, this is very similar in football. You don't want your quarterback getting sacked two seconds after the snap. And, you know, and if that keeps happening over and over and over again, you're going to have a guy that's on the injured list and maybe not even able to come back at some point because he didn't have the proper amount of ability to get the job done. So I want to talk about some of the things that are helpful when it comes to looking for some help. Okay. Okay. So I think one of the things in, um, you know, with our most recent hires, the rarest thing ever happened. I hired the first person that applied and I am in almost every situation vehemently opposed to doing that for comparison reasons, but I had a very specific list of things that I needed this particular uh, person to, to meet. 
Yeah, I was going to work closely with them a lot. I needed to feel comfortable with them personally. Now, I, I went through a brother, and you were there with me. You bit. tried to scare the shit out of this lady several times. Well, I do that, too, because I want people to realize what they're getting into. And it doesn't. <laughs> it's not that it's a bad thing, but I've learned enough over the years that, uh, okay, there's and, – and my point here is you need to have a list of the duties that this person's going to need to do now as well as later, because there's probably, if you're behind on some of this stuff, like for us, there was just a lot of shit that needed to be organized. Just a lot of stuff that needed it. And, and, you know, people that are organized want to have their own system of doing things. So I wanted to make sure that I, well, I've created the list and a lot of it had to do with things like paperwork and follow up and, you know, general management. We're dealing with a lot of uh, communication that comes from the United States and ends up at our office in the Philippines. There's big time differences and stuff like that. But as far as, so that helped because being able to explain to someone what they're going to need to do is a pretty standard part of hiring. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, and you mentioned trying to scare someone. Well, when I'm in work mode, I just go really fast and I'm really direct and certain personality types don't really like that they get offended. They think you're being abrasive or whatever. And I'll say things, I'll say, look, I'm just going to be realistic with you. If please and thank you, not being at the front and the back of everything that comes out of my mouth is going to become a problem for you. Tell me now, because you will end up hating me. It's not that I don't say that, but you know, if that it's not always Hey, please, thank you, this and that. And that's just because I'm going fast and trying to do things. I also like people to know the level of expectation that I have for them. Like, I expect you to be on time. I expect you to be able to, the big thing for me was I wanted someone with a bold enough personality type to be able to say no. Like, no, you don't have time to do that right now. Or no, you can't go do this because if you don't do what you're supposed to be doing right now, your meeting at three is going to be a total disaster. We have a meeting at three, by the way. Man, I, you know, the, the great thing is <laughs> the person we just hired is probably going to let me know that here shortly, but you have a good point. But, you know, so so do you do any of that? Would you look for a personality fit or like how detailed is your list of things that you need to do? Because another thing that's on there is the line item of, the only thing I can promise you is that things will change. And that's one of the hardest things about working for a startup. Um, as I mentioned earlier, we, we just hired several people and some of these roles are a little undefined. And then we have some existing people we're changing the roles. And some of it's just kind of figuring out as we go. Um, even the director of operations we hired, you know, we talked a lot to her about what is her role? How is our role going to change? And what, what are her job duties? And, um, when you're hiring people for a startup, you gotta you gotta hire people that are flexible and have kind of a varied skill set and are willing to you know jump and build wings, as you always say. Yeah. I, well, I was also looking for someone that's a problem solver in just the most minute fashion, and someone that understands. I think I should probably ask Google this before I go ask Matt. Yeah, and you know, here's the thing. So. 35 employees later, if each one of them wastes five minutes of your time each day, you just lost half of your work day. Yep. And this is a scalability problem that you have to get under control or you will just be servicing. Like I get that in the Philippines a lot that a new employee will say, is it okay if I go to lunch? Um, you know, I'm on the other side of the world, right? Maybe the manager there in the office would be a better choice to ask, but it's just, and you know, it's, 
sometimes it's just simple courtesy, but that starts to stack up. So while I didn't necessarily do this on the first time, I do recommend taking your time hiring. Now, even though this was the first person that actually applied for this position, she did check all the boxes. And I think you talked to me before we even got involved in that. And I told you what a lot of that stuff was. And I do agree. And she met that criteria. They had to be able to put up with you. Yes, that was the number one thing. Is it was number one, number two, and number three. It is really funny. And I'm glad we don't have an. I'm glad we don't have an HR department because I, I, I don't think my trying to scare the shit out of you. You know why I do that is because when you show up and it's way better than you expected, I, I'm just hanging a big W up, and you know that's and that's fine. And I'm really not bad to work for, but I'm definitely all over the place sometimes. So. I have a hiring process that involves three meetings and I want you to talk to at least three people. And we did that. There was three different meetings and I, you even sat in on, on some of them and you saw some of the questions that we addressed. I wanted to make sure that the person that I was hiring had enough ambition to want to do more and grow with the company, but at the same time was still okay and capable of doing the now things, which weren't necessarily glorious or filled with, you know, gold medals and, and confetti and parades. Because most things in our businesses are, right? No, I always say I'm the chief cook and bottle washer. You're good at that stuff, though, and I don't think you should let it go. Yeah. Well, it's part of having three kids. Yeah. Oh, man. We should do another episode about having why having kids is like a startup. Because <laughs> it really is. So, um, organized, efficient focused, probably three key ingredients of a good assistant. Yeah, those are not me. Right. No, nope. right. So trying to fill in the blanks. One really important thing that a lot of you know, that we should probably bring up is what about a virtual assistant? Like Ruby? What is you a hear, virtual assistant? You, you ever hear those uh, radio commercials for Ruby, the virtual assistant? No. Is that a computer program? I don't know. Just some company. <laughs> is it a person? I just think it's funny because her name's Ruby. That's weird. Nobody's um, Ruby developers. So what is a, a virtual assistant? And actually, I've done this well over the years. That's someone that's not with you. Yeah. Um, most likely someone that's in another country or another place. Um, there's certain tasks. I, I've had several virtual assistants. Our uh, folks in Cebu kind of do a lot of these roles. We actually, uh, when we owned the ticket company, um, one of our employees pretty much ran it for the last couple of years. Uh, there are certain tasks that are great for a virtual assistant and certain ones that aren't. Um, if, it's, if it's something that only needs to be done one time, it might not be the greatest task for a virtual assistant because you might spend more time teaching them how to do a one-off task than it would take to just do it. But if you have regular and repeat things, like I'll give you an example. Maybe there are 15 credit cards associated with your business and someone needs to gather up all those statements or harvest that data or do certain things, generate reports, um, organize stuff, just do different things that are that are repeatable and you can create a you know a system or a process around then a virtual assistant can work for you um, it's a it's an affordability thing um, but you know if you don't have you're gonna have to give it a little more time it's a little more I think difficult. you have to have the right kind of work right that's what I said it's got to be repeatable it's got to be the right kind of work like for everything that I do I can't think of a reason I would use that but 
I mean, if you needed somebody to just like answer the phone and take messages or do, you know, some of the stuff you just I described. Think, I think but, answering the phone and taking messages would be difficult for a lot of virtual assistants because, like I said, they're probably not here yeah. in the United States. And and one thing that I've noticed with the, you know, an offshore employee is a lot of them aren't super comfortable answering a phone. Okay, uh, maybe they don't have a strong enough grasp on the business uh, or English, sure, or a, a number of things. Um, live chat and support has been able to help some of that for the things that, like with the ticket business, we have a lot of uh, so things associated with our point of sale system. Um, attaching PDF files to uh, inventory we had, so it was easier to deliver. We also did a lot of auditing things, like. You know, when you're selling tickets and they're in a PDF file, it's easy to accidentally give two people the same thing. Yeah. And that means two people are left outside of the gate. And you're also a giant asshole because you ruined someone's big night. They were really wanting to go see Dave Matthews and now they're standing in the parking lot. So um, some of that stuff, but... You know, now there's a, I think there's something else that can really get in the way of you having an assistant that is productive or making the most out of it. And I don't know, maybe you're just not really good at telling people what to do or how to delegate. That's its own skill. Yeah. I mean, so many people, they want to take ownership of things and it's hard for them to let go. And I fight this as software. Like I fight this right now, actually. I got a program I run every day on my computer because I'm too lazy to deploy it to some server somewhere and schedule it. It's just like the littlest thing. I just need to take the time and delegate that to automate it actually. But I just keep doing it. I just keep running it. I, I really think that the formula we mentioned at the right at the beginning of the show is pretty important. You got to put a, assign some kind of value to your own time. And if you can find someone that can do it cheaper, and you can do something that's worth more or saves more, or does anything more, probably needs to be delegated. I know, I know. You know I think one of the things that, get, that gets in the way of, of delegation is people also, we'd like to convince ourselves that no one can do something as well as we can. Um, Nobody would, can be a host as good as you can. Yeah, thank you, Matt. I'm glad that I'm glad that 37 episodes <laughs> in, you have finally seen my value. So you're not going to delegate my spot to someone else? No. Are you sure? I need somebody to beat me at Rochambeau. I've tried. Do you want, you want to try one right now? It's been a while. It's been a while. You know, all right. All right. Do you know? How, I mean, luck could have. I feel like I almost need to do My like, luck has changed. I need spring training or I something. I can feel it. All right, let's do it. Ready? All right. Ah, DeCourcy wins Damn with it. scissors Never over mind. paper. Dude, you still have only won that one time. You know what you should delegate? I always win it when it counts. You know what you should delegate? Someone choosing rock, paper, or scissors for you. you should <laughs> probably get someone to come in and just do that for you. Can phone so, a friend and ask him. Um, look for someone that's proactive, Matt, because it sounds like you need some help. You've got some things that you're slacking on. You're maybe not delegating well enough. If you find someone that's proactive and not reactive, you might not even have to make the decision. I think that is really important, especially uh, like our administrative assistant at Stackify, you know, somebody who's looking at all the HR and payroll and all the weird things, right? Like you want that person to come up with things and be proactive. Make a decision. It. Yeah. And just be looking for the problems. Like I'm not going to sit around thinking about it. I don't care. But so, that person does. That's important. 
So I have this, I, I have invented this principle of time management and business management that is also really effective when it comes to delegation and proactivity. I call it the rule of yes. I like this rule. If you think I'm going to say yes, 90% of the time, don't even ask, just do it. And I will deal with the 10% of the time that I'm wrong. I tried to use this rule with my kid the other day. I told him if there was a 90% chance he was going to get in trouble for something, he shouldn't do it. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't work very well. Much like, much like the Pareto <laughs> principle or the 80-20 rule, the rule of yes can be shaped into many things. But yeah, I think that it, <laughs> it did not work for I my like son. That. Well, I'm, you know, all right, the last time you took something of mine and tried to use it with parenting, you threatened to make your kids read my book when they were in trouble. Wait a minute, actually. Didn't you tell me yesterday that you read the first chapter of Million Dollar Bedroom? I did. Wow. I did. That's really, I was really bored. Get out. <laughs> you were really bored. And so you read the book, which made you not bored. And I think you got in trouble with your wife because you weren't paying attention in the car or something. Yeah, I was reading the book while we were driving. And Hopefully so, you weren't driving and reading. No, no, no. No, she was taking on all the questions from the three-year-old instead of me while I was reading the book. And so did you drop any million dollar lessons on the children? Oh, I should have. Yeah. That's uh, um, I think that would be good. Like, you know, making sure that your three-year-old understands something else. I, on a side note, my daughter has written the fourth version of the customer song. Oh. Um, yeah. My can, you, can you sing it for us? customers, customers, we're going to find some customers, something like that. All right. uh, I'm waiting until we have a whole album. She's worth way cuter at that than you. I way. know, I know. And it's sad that she understands more about business than some people I know. Um, do you have a to-do list, like a real one? I do. There's like 30 things on it. Yeah. When was the last time you put something on it or took it off? Yesterday. Okay. That's a, that's an important thing. I think that, you know, for example, uh, Gigabook has a to-do list built into it. It's what we use. It's the easiest way to get me to do something that you want me to do is put it on my really? list. Really? How do I do that? Well, that's why I don't let you in the, go talk to Camille and she will maybe put it on my list for you. I'm afraid uh, to give you open access to my list. All right. Um, but, you know, the the a, a good a good assistant or helper is going to crush these lists for you. Yeah. And having, Line them up. and having, you know, whether you use it through Gigabook or even there's a lot of like really cool and interesting to-do lists. Um, there's, I think there's one called like Todoist and some yeah, other stuff that. that, you know, there's a that, basic one just part of Gmail. Yeah. And there's cool, just like, uh, it's a great way to delegate stuff mm -hmm. to not only an assistant, but other people that work with you. If you guys share this stuff in a cloud, cause I always have, um, I always remember everything that I needed to do or should be doing, or I'm going to probably get in trouble if I don't do when I'm not around the other people. And so those cloud-based lists make it really easy to put something on and delegate to the other people you work with or have them make requests for you. It cuts down on the number of things that um, people are stopping you and asking. And that's another thing, too, is and whether it's your employees or your assistant, there's a difference between things that are urgent and things that are important. And if things that are important, if you're finding that the people you work with are constantly asking you in onesies, one at a time, 
consider asking them, okay, can we compile these all so I can answer these eight questions all at once rather than eight different things? And, you know, I think that's maybe one of the things that we haven't even mentioned is sometimes your assistant or other people with you can just be the gatekeeper, right? They can yep. almost shield you from some of the stuff that, that comes in. I mean, my goal actually is to get enough quality employees and help that I am no longer sure what I do at my own business anymore, which I'm not completely sure of already, but, <laughs> but no, I want it like that. I mean, wouldn't that be the dream? That is the goal where you came to work and everything was just like, just flowing in the directions that it needed to. I'm like in the middle of like a really weird, just like business dream state right now. Cause I don't think that exists. The, perfectly oiled machine, but I, I think it's something that we can strive for. Um, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm thinking about what I need to do for the rest of the day. You say we have a meeting here in an hour. We do. So I guess the question would be is it's you and I have the meeting with the person. Did we do anything to prepare or prep for this? We better go ask our assistant. Well, that's, that's, and that's kind of where I want to, you know, end this is, you know, get your people involved, have them sit in with you get someone to take notes, whatever. And throw I, all... I was going to say, I told Camille, her job was to wind you up and then give you a little push. Yeah. Right. And that's what I need her to do. Yeah. Need her she... to get you all prepared, wind you up and then throw you in there. And then you go sell something. Yeah, And then she winds you up again the next day, propels you into the room. That really would be ideal. Yeah. And I think it's really possible. But the problem is, is I have one of those strings that you pull, not a low. Yeah. So you're taking the wrong approach. But you got any other uh, tips or stuff? I mean, look, here's the point, folks. Get the help that you need. Get the right kind of help you need. Come in it prepared and then be prepared to let this person help you. Well, and find the people that can help you do things you don't like to do or don't want to do. I mean, that's a big part of it. The uh, the job description for my post, yeah. entrepreneur's assistant. And I've had several iterations of this, but literally, if you want to be overworked, underpaid, in exchange for learning a whole lot of stuff. And long hours. And lo- long hours. Those are your three benefits. Yes, those are your three benefits. And if you want to do that in exchange for exposure and experience. Now, by the way, um, do you know that one of our listeners applied? Yeah, I did hear that. I thought that that was really cool. Um, and you know, it's something we'll, if you're listening, we did hire someone, but you're still in consideration for some other things, but you know, I I do appreciate that back to the support. There's something cool that's going to happen after we release this episode. What's that? Download 30K, baby. 30,000 people have After six, downloaded this. Six months, yeah. And if we actually got our shit together and recorded these things a little more frequently, we'd probably be at a higher number. But, I mean, wow. That's well, I'm, still, I'm excited. We need to record one when we're in the Philippines. Yeah, we're going to do a whole series. So, you know, once again, everyone that's listening, you know, it's been a little slow on these things lately. We're trying to push them out. Um we have a, a few series of things that are going to come out. We're going to probably give you more startup hustle than you ever wanted here pretty soon. We've got some really exciting stuff to announce soon. Um, we're having to, 
I'm having to stop myself from doing that. I'm so excited about some of the stuff that you and I are doing together, some of the stuff we're doing with other people. We're going to the Philippines here in uh, a couple weeks. And overall, like I think that as far as the Startup Hustle podcast goes, we're going to have some really, really cool and interesting stuff coming up. It's topical. It's meant to help you make money. Um, and I'm going to start giving you guys a, a much more introspective look at some of the inner workings of what we're doing to build what we think are going to be some pretty big and meaningful businesses. I'm very excited too. I am too. Now, if I can just find some help so I can get all the rest of this stuff done. All right. Let me, I'm going to go find Camille. All right. I'm going to go ahead and, uh, I'm going to have her wind you up. Oh, wait, it just kicked in. So <laughs> anyway, everybody, thanks for listening. We'll get back with you soon. Keep listening. Check out the website, startuphustle.xyz. Come join us on Facebook. Chat us up. Feel free to ask Matt Watson as many detailed questions as you'd like. He will probably answer within five to 10 minutes. Yep, I'm on it. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.